Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord Jesus, we've seen and heard a lot already this morning. And we just ask, Father, that you would quiet our hearts, that we can hear your heart this morning, as the Holy Spirit will take the remaining time. Lord, we just want to be open and available to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was a bright, sunny day in Medellin, Colombia, and three little boys were playing their hearts out playing soccer. They were all three Colombians. Two of them were my nephews. They were born in Colombia, so they were Colombians as well, like myself. And little Harold, he was seven at the time, and he was very distraught because Christian, the little Colombian boy that had come from across the street, had never been in school, and he was nine. So he went to his dad, and he, and he said, Dad, look, my birthday's in October, but you know what? Don't give me any presents, and don't do a party. I want the money that you would spend on me on. I want it to go so Christian can go to school. So because of this, because of two little young little boys seeing the needs of others, um, a friendship began between Daniel, Harold, and Christian as they supported him so he could go to school. 10 years goes by and my brother, I was in the States at the time, my brother had gone to Columbia and I get a word, I get a message from my brother. And my brother says, Janine, Christian is no longer with us. I was at my brother's home when Harold came in. I said, Harold, Christian's been murdered. Christian was not willing to betray his own brother. The Scarios, the hitmen wanted him. And uh, my 17-year-old put his, his arms around me and held me in a strong embrace. I needed it. And I put my head on his chest. Minutes passed in silence. The pain we both felt was the pain in the heart of God. For what the assassins did to Christian is why Jesus died. This is why Jesus came. Jesus took into himself the cruelty of all sin. The sting of death is sin, but the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Were Harold and Daniel's years of praying and supporting Christian worth it? We ask these questions. Um, we don't understand the violence. We don't understand circumstances in today's world that we're living in, but there's but even Habakkuk, a prophet, he, he, he talks about this in Habakkuk 1, chapter 1. It says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, and you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, I cried, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds and watch all this misery everywhere? Everywhere I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to fight and argue. The law has become paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so justice is becoming perverted. This is a scene not only 
in Habakkuk's time, but in the United States and in places all around the world. And but the Lord's reply to Habakkuk as he cried out to God, well, what, look, look what's going on. The Lord says, look at the nations, look and be amazed, for I'm gonna do something in your day, something you won't believe, even if someone told you about it. Habakkuk reflects it, and Columbia's in the life and death um, struggle. We've just elected the Columbians with a Marxist president. We don't know what Latin, where Latin America should go. Many of the countries in Latin America have, have communist presidents, and we're praying. It's in the life and death struggle, but the issue at stake is not economic, it's not political, it's a spiritual one. We're against spiritual wickedness in high places, and only the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and prevailing prayer can break the chains of destruction Satan has forged. He's forged them in this, this country as well. But the scripture says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, <coughs> the weapons we fight with are not carnal. They're, and on the contrary, they have divine power to break down the strongholds. This is in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. <coughs> Government legislation will never transform fallen society. Only the regeneration of the soul of man can transform fallen society. And this is, this is a, a, an all too reality. The re regeneration, let me say it again, the regeneration of the soul of man does transform society, can transform a country. Listen to this testimony. A, a young a young believer in our Laurelis Church had been murdered at 11 o'clock. His wife was at, at a Bible study. <clears throat> what a shock. Sunday I'd seen him in church. Once again, the reality of where we live strikes home a city where the death culture reigns. Like I said in the video, killing is a way of life in Columbia. It's tragic, but it's an oxymoron, but that's the way it is that for whatever, to get money, put chicken on the table, go and kill somebody. And I work with the very men that do this. Two weeks ago, a young, a young brother of Jose Hidalgo was shot and killed. Jose, an inmate, was one of our key leaders in Bella Vista prison. His brother was buried before he even, before he even found out. When we went to the prison, two days later, Jose re reflected the peace only Jesus gives. He said, <clears throat> I know who, the, who murdered my brother and I'm praying for him. But what breaks my heart is that my brother never responded to the good news that Jesus Christ died for him. But you know what, Janine? My prayer is that as soon as I'm able, I want to take my, bro to take my brother's assassins to the feet of Jesus. My hope is that even though I lost my brother, I might gain a spiritual brother. Was Christ's death worth it? Even today, the victory, the profound victory of Calvary transforms horrendous tragedy. Jesus did not die, avoid the cross, he died on it and rose triumphant, transforming for all eternity the hopelessness of our deepest pain. Suffering is gonna always mystify us, Yet an implicit trust in the omnipotent 
God opens the heart <coughs> to the internal working of his holy purposes. Yes, it's worth it. Christ's love compels us. He died for all, that all who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for, the, for them. And he has committed to each one of us the message of reconciliation. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 19. What an awesome mystery God, Christ has entrusted to us. May we never lose the freedom because of personal circumstances that press in on us to release Christ's resurrection power into a broken heart. I never dreamed God would put me working with, working in a prison and much less with men. I hated Colombian men growing up in an abusive culture. But God, God loves to do the impossible so that no one can, can glory. And God, <clears throat> when, we, when we see things in, in culture that are not the norm, that are not what we, not biblical, <coughs> what do we do? How do we respond? How do we respond to the situation today that's worldwide? The, the whole counterculture that we're seeing, what do you do? Well, if you believe in Jesus and you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to respond to the heart of God in that situation. I was back in my homeland. It was the, called the city of eternal spring. We had weather, perfect weather. We had orchid capital. But now, as I said, killing is the way of life. What do you, how, can you, how can you do anything? I was teaching. I didn't want to be locked up in an ivory tower, ignoring the reality of my country. Our, we have a second most beautiful national anthem. It says, um, if I can think, say it, but it says, we understand the words of him who died. That's how it ends, of him who died on the cross. But they don't understand that. What could I, what could I do? I find a newspaper that says, Babies had gone one year without any killings. Before that was 30 to 60 violent deaths inside the prison every month. They used human heads as soccer balls. It was horrific. But I read in this newspaper how men who had offices where they hired out killers, who were, who were kill, sicarios, that's what they call them. The sicarius comes from the Roman knife. That, that Roman assassins used, and Pablo Escobar coined a world to, to call these men who were hitmen. And this man shared how Jesus had transformed his life. And I'm reading in this newspaper, how can this be? This is the same newspaper that when my parents went into this one town, they were gonna kill them for going into the town. But this same newspaper is telling that Jesus Christ is the answer. And I said, I wanted a copy. So one of my students, one of our students, husband was working in the prison and he'd never been a day in school and she said oh he can bring you the newspaper because I wanted a copy and when he came he invited me to prison we were right at semester break he said why don't you come tomorrow well I had no really good excuse so you know and I when I was 11 I had died to my own will and my own desire and I decided to serve Jesus whatever the cost so fear really wasn't an issue there. But so I, so I went into the prison. And on the way to the prison, Oscar says to me, Janine, would you preach? 
And I knew there was a move of God inside the prison. I knew that there was a revival. I said, but, Car uh, but I wanted to know who I would be speaking to. He said, who's my audience? Hi, Janine, so I'm puro sicarios. Janine, they're all hired killers. All the men that are in prison are in there for murder, the majority of them. So we go through the whole process to get first and get inside and uh, get into, a, we didn't have a chapel at that point. We just had a classroom. <clears throat> I walked in and there was about 20 young men. They were all under, under 30. And so I just took, I was in the Old Testament, so I took 2 Samuel 9, talked about David, how King David wanted to show chesed. It's a Hebrew word, a profound word in Hebrew, the deep, the, the love, unfailing love of God. He wanted to show it to someone of Saul's, Saul's family. And I said, well, who was Saul telling the men? Saul had saw all his life to kill David. And they all understood that language. And I said, but what did David do? He wanted to show God's love. So he asked a servant, Siva, was there anybody of, anybody of Saul's family is alive? And he says, yeah, there's one. His name is Mephibosheth. That means man of shame. Where did he live? He lived in Lodabar. In the Hebrew, that's nothing. Where are you from? I'm from nowhere. So he wasn't only crippled and living in, an, in somebody else's home and in a town that meant nothing. David, King David says, call him. So he comes, <clears throat> terribly afraid. Mephibosheth falls down and says, what are you going to do with me, a dead dog? Now, that's a strong Semitic word in the Semitic language. He wasn't just a dog, he was a dead dog, which is even worse, untouchable. And King David says, no, I'm going to restore. That's what Jesus does. He, I'm going to restore what, what has happened to you. I'm going to restore your lands, and you're going to sit at my table the rest days of your life. And I'm looking at these young men, and we gave an invitation. How many of you young men, you know, King Jesus is here. And he wants to restore your life. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Will you open your heart and life to him? And I saw 20 men stand to their feet, tears streaming down. We want Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can break the power of sin. He's the only one that can break the power of death. Has the power of the gospel. One of those young men whose nickname was La Muerte, which means death, he was transferred shortly afterwards. And he writes back to the brothers in Bella Vista. And he says, brothers, <clears throat> I landed here in Popayan in the prison, and they stole everything, leaving me in my underwear. He says, but men, they can leave me naked, but nobody can steal what Jesus has done in my heart. No one can take off the, re the treasure I have in Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. That's the hope for us today, is who Jesus is, and do we share him? with those who are around, all of us having a responsibility to respond to, to the challenges and the difficulties that we are facing today in our world. So what are we doing? You know, if we live for what's eternal, that gives perspective to everything else. Do we live for what's eternal? Or we just live to, for ourselves? Am I, you know, I realize how, how could I, a woman, and I look foreign, I'm Colombian by birth, and everybody says, oh, you're not Colombian. 
I said, yes, I am. I have to get out my cedula, my Colombian, my Colombian ID. God, God, put, God allowed me to go through the things I went through to prepare me for what he wanted to entrust to me. But you know what the secret is? It's not who I am, it's who Jesus is in me. It's not my responsibility, it's my availability to his, his, what God wants to do. And he wants to use every single one of us. There's, we, each of us has a task and God is the one. <clears throat> the whole secret is intimacy with Jesus. He says, remain in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. If you try to do it on yourself, you'll never can do it. I could never go into a prison. I mean, the men are more afraid than I am of some of the dangers. This has been a story. I mean, God, I, I don't have a spirit of fear. It says, you know, God, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love. And that love overcomes the evil that you confront. And when God's in, at work in your life, he's going to use you to transform He's going to use you as an instrument to transform culture. Why not? You know, it, it had, has had a resounding impact in Colombia, what's happened in the prison. Do you know during the Lord, that first day in prison, one of the inmates, and he was, he was a hired killer. He had an office for killing people. He said, Gene, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. How can the Holy Spirit have control of my life? How can I pray more? That first day in the prison, the Lord said to me, Gene, I want you to start a Bible institute. What? And I thought, faculty will laugh at me. They did. Gene, that, that's, that's the most dangerous prison in all Latin America. I said, yes. And these men, leaders of crime, they can become leaders for the church of Jesus Christ. One of the men you saw in the, the video in a white t-shirt, he's a missionary today in, in Chile. And we've graduated over, I don't know how many, but we have established over 50 churches and men are pastors and evangelists all over Colombia and some of them have gone into other countries. This is what God does. When God, we respond to what God wants. He uses, uses it's, it's the intimacy with Jesus. Jesus is the one that brings the fruit, remaining in Jesus. So. The whole thing I, I really see is when we, when we look at and understand what God wants to do, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his power that's at work within us. It's not ourselves. It's God. God wants to use you. And this time, we're, we're in very difficult times in the world. And we all know this. What, how are we responding in that? Are we taking up? the mantle God wants to entrust to us, the charge that God wants on our lives? What am I living for? Am I living for that which Christ died for? Am I trying to win, Paul, Paul said, am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I or trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, would I be a servant of Christ? If there's anything <clears throat> S.D. Gordon said, if there's anything that is capable of setting a soul in a large place, it is absolute abandonment to God. God could give to Abraham because he made such a whole wide opening in his life. God can give only 
to an open heart? Do we make it our goal to please Jesus? It, Paul said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due for him for the things done in the body, whether it be good or bad. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. For whom or for what do I live? What's the purpose in my life? Who am I living for? You know, I, I was, the, the mission forced retirement on me. And the thing was, no man, no organization called me into ministry. And I'm in Colombia, seeing people come daily to Christ. I flew out on Thursday. I, I, I left the hotel around 4.15, something like that. Before 5 o'clock, I saw four people come into the kingdom. Invited them to Jesus, seeing people come to Jesus. Every single day I see people, because I'm living in Colombia, and I'm continuing to serve him, I'm continuing going into the prison. I don't want to live for myself. The comfort, we're, we don't know when Jesus is coming back, but he's coming back soon. And we each can be part of bringing in the kingdom of God. We do it through our prayers. Some of you, some of you can, though I, I've been seeing the witness of people praying and the power of prayer and people praying. That's a, a role everyone can take. You can give, be a part of giving of yourself. You can go. I'm glad this church has so many different opportunities that, that, that are available to go to the mission field to see what God's doing. And what I, one thing I see is the ultimate question. It's not how much I've done nor how much I've given, gained in my my transitory passage on this earth, but rather, how much of me has God, does God have? How much of me does God have? What has God been able to accomplish for the praise of his glory through me? It's not who I am, but rather whose I am. Each of us is gonna give an account to God. How are we gonna stand before God when he comes? When he comes, will I be worthy to walk with him in white? I know our God wants to do far more. When we live for eternity, it gives perspective to everything we do. Jesus, we just thank you this morning as we come to the close of the service. Lord Jesus, there's so much information so much but lord we want to hear what's on your heart what you have for each one of us that each one of us might live for what you died for lord jesus we thank you lord for being present today in our in our service and we give we just pray father for those open hearts and to to respond to your 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 love in jesus name amen